0: This is a Stand with Lynette Podcast. You have episode 43, Winning Satan's War on Women. What would your life be like if you knew you could stand firmly on the covenant path, come what may? My name is Lynette Shepherd, and I am here to help you do just that. If you are a Latter-day Saint woman with a desire to brighten your faith as the world grows darker. You are in the right place. Together, let's stand. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Stand with Lynette podcast, or welcome if you're here for the first time. I'm so glad all of you are here, and I'm very excited about today's message that I have for you. Slightly nervous, but also really excited. I'll explain both of those emotions in just a minute, but I'm so glad you're here. And if you like what you hear today. Would you mind leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts? I would love to have a few more ratings and reviews that helps other people to not only find the podcast, but to know if it is right for them. That's always the first thing I look for when I go to a podcast is, what are other people saying about it? Is it worth my time to invest 20 or 30 or 45 minutes or an hour into this podcast? And the reviews really help me to determine that. So if you haven't yet left a review, would you do it? It's really simple. It'll just take you a couple minutes. I would really appreciate that. Also, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I wanted to just let you know that my Shine 40 challenge, which is a 40-day challenge to help you develop spiritual habits in your life that will help to bind you to the Lord, help to open the windows of heaven, help you to really develop that one-on-one relationship with Our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, it is now open all the time. You can sign up whenever you want, and I will put a link in the show notes to help you learn more about that and how it can help you if you are ready to really up-level your spiritual practices. I'm here for you. I have a program just for that. Okay, With having said all of that, let's get into today's topic, which is winning Satan's war on women. Let me give you a little backstory about why I am addressing this topic. A few weeks ago, I asked my Instagram community what topics they would like for me to discuss on the podcast. Not surprisingly, people wanted to hear my thoughts on two issues that I feel are surrounded by the loudest controversy within the church. One is the role of women, and the second one was LGBTQ issues. Many people struggle to reconcile their faith with the church's stance on these particular issues, and because of the dissonance, a growing number of people are choosing to walk away from the church. Frankly, if I'm being real honest, I did not want to touch either of those issues with a 10-foot pole, because doing so would undoubtedly put me in the line of fire. They bring up strong feelings for a lot of people, and unless my opinion aligns with the pervasive public narrative, and quite frankly, even if it does— Opening my mouth would set me up for massive backlash, but in the days since then, I have not been able to stop thinking about my very positive experience as a woman in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Multiple times a day, I felt the gentle nudge that it was time for me to say something about this issue, but what should I say? I knew that boldness was required of me, in this situation as it often is, because anything less would water down the message I knew was mine to share. But knowing other women have had painful experiences due to the unrighteous dominion of priesthood holders, how could I say what I felt prompted to say without minimizing the experiences of those who felt differently? To say it felt daunting would be a glaring understatement. But after wrestling with it for a few weeks, I decided to test the waters with an unscripted Instagram story in which I shared my off-the-cuff thoughts about feeling empowered as a woman in the church. I then posted a reel that essentially said the same thing, bracing myself for the backlash. The comments and DMs started rolling in, and a vast majority at the beginning were from other women saying, Yes, I feel the same way. Thank you for saying this. Then there started to be more negativity. One woman said my thoughts were evidence of serious, internalized patriarchy and were either ignorant or actively dismissive. Oh my gosh, that was a little bit rough. Other people expressed concern that we should avoid shaming women who have felt minimized or discriminated against by priesthood leaders. And I completely agree. The reality is that humans are flawed and we often fall short of the ideal. But does that mean we should not talk about the ideal? Does it mean that those of us who have had positive experiences as women in this church should remain silent? Like I said, this topic is tricky. And as a woman, the last thing I want to do is minimize the struggles of any other women, especially if those struggles involve men who have exercised unrighteous dominion. I personally know people who have experienced this type of trauma, and it is not pretty. So first, let me say, with all of the energy of my heart and soul, that I understand why this is a hard topic for some people, and I validate that completely. In addressing it, my goal is not to shame, blame, or minimize anyone's experiences or the feelings that those experiences have created. But there is another side to this issue, one that seems to be getting lost in the public narrative, and I can no longer ignore the pull to stand up and speak out. As I have grappled with what to say, I felt drawn to two books on my shelf that have been collecting dust for the past few years. I started to read both of them but never finished either because the issue of women within the church has never been one that has been concerning for me. But I needed to understand more than my own opinion, so I read both of them within the last week. The first book is called The Priesthood Power of Women by Barbara Morgan Gardner. It beautifully explains the differences between priesthood keys, authority, and power. As women, we do not hold priesthood keys or priesthood offices, but we have as much access to priesthood power through our covenants as do men. And if we have been set apart to serve in any calling or any capacity within the church, we have priesthood authority to serve in that capacity. If you want to understand how the priesthood applies to women, I highly recommend this book, and I am hoping to dive into it deeper in a future podcast. The other book I read is called Women in the Priesthood, What One Mormon Woman Believes by Sherry Dew. It was published back in 2013 before the prophet asked us to refer to ourselves as Latter-day Saints instead of Mormons, which explains the title, but I digress. As I have mentioned before, Sherry Dew is one of my personal heroes. I remember listening to her speak at General Conference back in the 1990s and hearing her testify that covenant women were the Lord's secret weapon. The Spirit powerfully testified to me of the truthfulness of her words, and I have often thought of them in the years since then. Ironically, I was at that time drowning in my own inadequacies and feelings of not being good enough. Yet from that point forward, I knew that women were a vital part of the Lord's work, even if I could not see that potential in myself. This week, as I have read Sister Dew's thoughts about women and their place in the Lord's plan, I could not stop myself from highlighting almost the entire book. Just as they did 25 years ago, her words hit me with tremendous power. I wanted to scream the truths that she shared from the rooftops. As I studied, the Spirit testified to me that not only were Sister Dew's words true, but the Lord's precious daughters needed to understand their place in His kingdom and the great work He has for them to do. Such an understanding would not only protect them from Satan's unrelenting attacks on women, but also be critical in helping them to stand firmly on the covenant path in the days ahead. And then this thought hit me with great force. The reality of women's critical role in the Lord's plan was not simply one I needed to understand. It was one I needed to teach. I knew I could not successfully gather women of light and point them to the Savior Jesus Christ, as I explained in episode 35, without addressing the issue of what it means to be a woman in the Lord's church. The truths surrounding womanhood and motherhood and the priesthood are misunderstood at best and are often outright mocked. And while I do not understand all things, the Lord has helped me to put some of the pieces together in a way that makes it impossible for me not to share. I truly believe we must all understand the divine truth about women because they, we, are central to the Lord's plan. But first, can we all agree that Satan has waged an all-out war against women? As Sherry Dew said, quote, From the beginning of time, women have been one of Satan's principal targets. He has done everything within his considerable power to abuse and oppress women, entice and seduce women, encourage women to seduce men, convince women that their only value is in the sexuality of their bodies, confuse women with the ambiguities and uncertainties that seem to swirl around their gender, and through it all to keep women from comprehending the majesty of who they are and the plain fact that the plan of salvation is utterly dependent upon a woman's primary role, the privilege of bearing and rearing children. Close quote. Let me repeat that part again. The plan of salvation is utterly dependent upon a woman's primary role, the privilege of bearing and rearing children. This is a quote from the book that I mentioned, Women in the Priesthood, and it stopped me in my tracks. I had never thought about a woman's role in this way before. If the plan of salvation is utterly dependent upon us as women, fulfilling our divinely appointed role, does that sound like the Lord is prioritizing men and giving us the leftover responsibility? Does it sound like He thinks of us as second-class citizens with insignificant voices and little to offer the world? If God's entire plan would fail without our unique contribution, the idea that we are insignificant or marginal or second class is clearly a big, fat, devilish lie. Satan's entire goal is to frustrate the Lord's plan to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of both men and women. And since the dawn of time, the father of lies has focused a huge amount of effort distorting the truth about women. Unfortunately, he has been stunningly successful in his sinister plot, and many have adopted his cunning lies as reality. Lies that women are somehow less than men. Lies that women are better and more capable than men. Lies that motherhood is oppressive and children get in the way of true success in life. Lies that pit men and women against each other in some sort of unspoken competition between the sexes, creating anger and resentment instead of unity and equality. As a result of the stunning success of Satan's war on women, many of us are asleep to the powerful truths of who we really are as daughters of a loving Heavenly Father and what we are on earth to do. But as President Nelson has recently told us, we are living in the latter part of the latter days. The Lord is hastening His work, and we as women have a vital role to play in that work. A couple of weeks ago, I quoted President Spencer W. Kimball's 1979 prophecy about women, and I will do it again. Much of the major growth that is coming to the church in the last days will come because many of the good women of the world will be drawn to the church in large numbers. This will happen to the degree that the women of the church reflect righteousness and articulateness in their lives and to the degree that the women of the church are seen as distinct and different in happy ways from the women of the world. Close quote. Several years later, in his iconic twenty fifteen talk, A Plea to My Sisters, President Russell M. Nelson declared, The day that President Kimball foresaw is today. You are the women he foresaw. President Kimball and President Nelson were and are not only prophets but also seers, meaning they can see things before they happen. My dear friends, we must get to work becoming the righteous, articulate, distinct, different, and happy women our prophets have seen in vision. We no longer have time to waste on things of no eternal significance. I promise you that the lies Satan continues to perpetuate about women hold no eternal significance. Not only do they distract us from things as they really are, but they can be spiritually destructive. Remember, Satan is trying to destroy God's plan and will continue to do so until he is bound. And at the very least, he is working to convince as many people as he can to willingly walk away from eternal glory. He knows that he is running out of time while we are working toward eternal life and all the glories of exaltation. And he laughs while distracting us with his lies, hopeful that we will never step into our God-given power as daughters of God, whose divine plan is utterly dependent Upon us being awake to the reality of who we really are as it says in Romans chapter 13 now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than we believed as a young mom I spent years drowning in the abyss of my own perceived inadequacies I worried that I would never be good enough as a mom as a wife as a woman Eventually, the Lord opened my eyes and I woke up to what was happening. With God's help, I realized that Satan was behind my feelings of inadequacy. If he could keep me distracted with what I was lacking, I would never have the energy or the mental space to do what God was counting on me to do. It was then that I literally woke up and decided that I was no longer going to allow Satan to tell me who I was or who I was not. He was, after all, a liar. His assessment of me was not grounded in truth. Rather, it was cloaked in deception that felt true because I had allowed a lie to become part of my internal narrative. In the years that followed, the Lord taught me the truth about who I was as his daughter. And as I began to grasp my worth in all of its divine majesty, Satan's lies about me and about women in general no longer held any power. I could see them for what they really were—tools of a desperate liar who wants all to be miserable like he is. So what is the truth about us as women? Among other things, we are the gatekeepers of mortality. As part of the plan of salvation, all spirits who kept their first estate will receive a physical body, and we make that possible. Without women who are willing to bear and rear children, God's plan would cease to exist." While it is true that conception requires both a man and a woman, women play the primary role. For nine months, our bodies house growing babies, and then we nurture those babies into adulthood. As we know from the family proclamation, the roles of men and women are different. Quote, By divine design, fathers are to preside over their families in love and righteousness and are responsible pr- to provide the necessities of life and protection for their families. Mothers are primarily responsible for the nurture of their children. In these sacred responsibilities, fathers and mothers are obligated to help one another as equal partners. Quote. The General Handbook of the Church expounds on those principles. It says that to nurture means to nourish teach, and support family members, which is done by helping them to learn gospel truths and develop faith in Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ in an environment of love to preside means to help lead family members back to dwell in God's presence. This is done by serving and teaching with gentleness, meekness, and pure love. It also includes leading family members in regular prayer, gospel study, and other aspects of worship. Parents work in unity, following the example of Jesus Christ, to fulfill these two great responsibilities. In regards to nurturing and presiding, Elder Ulysses Suarez explained, Quote, These special responsibilities do not imply hierarchy and absolutely exclude any kind of abuse or improper use of authority. Nurturing and presiding are opportunities, not exclusive limitations. One person may have a responsibility for something, but may not be the only person doing it. When loving parents well understand these two major responsibilities, they will strive together to protect and care for the physical and emotional well-being of their children. They also help them face the spiritual dangers of our day by nurturing them with the good word of the Lord, as revealed to his prophets." I, for one, am grateful for the different but complementary roles of men and women. God designed for us to work in an equal partnership, but that that does not mean we need to have the same responsibilities. And because of what I already explained, I believe God entrusted us as women with the most important role, not the leftovers. God has entrusted us as women and mothers, and according to Sheri Dew, who has never married or had children, we are all mothers. He has entrusted us with the bearing and rearing of His precious children. He has placed upon our capable shoulders the responsibility of guiding those children along the covenant path back to Him. And for you and me and all other women today— God trusts us to do this great divine work of preparing a chosen generation of youth to greet the Savior when he comes again, while Satan works overtime to destroy both their faith and ours. Men play an important role, and I will never discount that. But we as women are so often the Lord's nurturing hands here on earth. We love and lead a chosen generation of youth. We serve and minister and lift the downtrodden. We work and pray and lift and bless because it is in our very nature to do so. The world is screaming for more female leaders. Therefore, many women aim to bypass nurturing and assume the role of presider. I testify that nurturing is leadership in one of its most noble capacities. In God's eyes, it is not oppressive or less than or unequal. It is the very work of bringing souls, both our children and others, unto Christ. I do not believe that nurturing is a woman's only role. Of course, we can do and accomplish so much more than that, and God needs us to stand up and speak out in various ways that are as unique as we are. He can show us what He needs us as individuals to do through the gift of personal revelation. But can you see how the divinely appointed work of women could make or break the entire plan of God? If we as women can be active participants in the plan by providing mortal bodies for His children and becoming God's hands here on earth in a variety of circumstances and ways, Will our efforts not help Him bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man? And what consequences will result if we retreat from this great divinely appointed work? My worry is that we will become so distracted by the world's deafening cries of equality that we will completely miss what God has placed us here on earth to do. I fear we will miss the divinity of our role that is equal to but different from the role of men if we focus too intently on what we lack, what we are missing. Again, if the entire plan of salvation would fail without our unique and vital contribution, the idea that we are insignificant, marginal, second-class, or unequal in God's eyes simply cannot be true. If we are to stand firmly with Jesus Christ in the tumultuous days ahead, we must understand where we fit into his plan. And once we understand our role, we must make peace with it instead of fighting against it and crying for more. We simply cannot believe both Satan's lies about women and God's truths. They are incompatible. And while the truth of who we are is sometimes distorted by imperfect mortals with imperfect understanding, I invite you to ask God if what I have taught you today is true. I invite you to ask Him about your divine role and how it fits into His plan. I invite you to pray for His peace that surpasses all understanding regarding womanhood and motherhood and femininity, which is your Shine Challenge for the week. As President Russell M. Nelson taught, quote, all the purposes of the world and all that was in the world would be brought to naught without women, a keystone in the priesthood arch of creation. Close quote. Can you feel the majesty behind those words? Nearly 25 years ago, the Spirit powerfully testified to me that women are the Lord's secret weapon, I feel like he is just starting to open my eyes so that I may better understand why that statement is true. I do not know all things, but this much I know. God needs you and me to help him in his great latter-day work. We are not simply appendages to his plan. We play a crucial role that Satan is working overtime to minimize and distort. I pray that we will not allow the father of lies to govern our attitudes about how we fit into the Lord's church or to the Lord's plan. We have work to do, my friends, and we had better get started. Together, let's stand a little more firmly and joyfully in our roles as women in his kingdom. Our influence cannot be understated. I pray that you will feel the truthfulness of those words. And we're going to talk about this more because I feel really, 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 did I say really? Strongly that this is absolutely foundational to our ability to stand firmly with him. So let's get to it. And again, if you'd like to check out my Shine 40 challenge and really solidify your spiritual habits so that you can solidify your relationship with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and hear their voice more clearly in your life, check out the challenge with the link right there in the episode description or in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here, and I can't wait to see you back here again next week. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. If you are ready to dive in deeper and join the stand movement, find me on Instagram at Lynette Shepard, that's two N's, two P's, and an A-R-D, or at LynetteShepherd.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the show with a friend or leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That works wonders in helping us to find the people that we can help. Thank you again, and remember, you were born to stand. See you next time.